Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. What's the last time we had Cracker Jacks, Rowdy? Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I ever come back, Rowdy. 20 years ago? Yeah, I think the last time I had Cracker Jacks, probably when I was a little kid. And I'm, what? how old am I? I'm 33 right now. So that was a long, long time ago. Rowdy, it's a... There we go. I'm just looking for a good version here. Rowdy's got his Christian Yelich jersey on. It looks beautiful. I got my Brewer's thong on. It is beautiful. We are just living our high life today. As yes, we have arrived. It is time. 110 today at American Family Field. We are taking on the Brewers, I should say, the Minnesota Twins, Brandon Woodruff, opposite of Kenta Maeda. And it is going to get Liddy Committee. Rowdy, we have to talk about it today. How many Brewers, or how many games are the Brewers going to win? I already threw it out the other day. I said 89. You said, e- what did you I say? I said 87. 87, and that's fine because Vegas has what? The Brewers at 82? Yeah, but between where you're looking at it, it's anywhere from 82 to 83 and a half. And we are just hammering the over for your Milwaukee Brewers. The question is, will 89 or 87, as Rowdy is, get it done to win the NL Central? I think it could come close, right, Rowdy? Like, that could be possibly it. But what did we say yesterday? Like, low 90s might win you the NL Central? Yeah, I think 90-91 is going to win the Central this year. Looking at the Cardinals, they're a big threat to the NL Central and the Brewers. Uh, The Reds. Then I would throw the Cubs in there. Then the Pirates. Well, Rowdy, I'm calling it right now. I'm going Brewers winning the NL Central, then the Cardinals, then I'll go Reds, then Cubs, then Pirates. How about you? It's okay. You don't have to say Brewers number one. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. I think the Brewers are going to be right in there, but I'll I'll go uh, mainline. I'll go Cardinals, Brewers, mm. Cubs, Reds. Mm. Eh, no, take that back. Cubs are going to sell yes. if they're not good. Yes. So I'm going to go Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Cubs, Pirates. That's what I'm talking about. I love when we get to dish on the Cubs. Uh, okay, Rowdy, um, a lot of a lot of stuff to tackle today. A lot of stuff to uh, knock around the park, as I should say. Brandon Woodruff taking the ball. We were talking about it a lot, uh, you know, two days ago and yesterday. Can he have that sub-3 ERA? Because the best-case scenario for the Brewers, you know, according to all Big J's and reports, a sub-3 ERA for Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. They combined for how many wins was it again? 35. 35 wins combined between the two. Can that happen? Best-case scenario, can Christian Yelich return to MVP form? Can Keston Hira, the man, can he continue to hit? which not many people did last year. Can Low Kane break out again? Can Jackie Bradley Jr. get it done? Can we have the sticks come around from, obviously, Al Garcia, Luis Urias? Um, can Orlando Garcia keep it up? Can the mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw, go? Rowdy, when we looked at the numbers yesterday, uh, it was last season, what, Corbin Burns, or I'm sorry, Brandon Woodruff had just shy over a three ERA, and Corbin Burns was in the twos. In fact, he was a one-third of a way from uh, qualifying for a Cy Young you know, position here at candidacy. Ken, and I know we've, we've talked about it, I want to really get hammer home today because Woody's on the mound. Do you think Woody can have a sub-3 ERA? Let's just start with Woody. Can he have a sub-3 ERA? He's the Brewers opening day starter. He is the ace. He is a guy that almost you know, had a three 
barely above a three ERA last season. I know it's 60 games. Can Woody get it done? Does he have the stuff to do it if he stays healthy the whole year? Yeah, I think he does, but I, I think a, a better, more realistic expectation for Woodruff would be somewhere between three and three and a half. And that, that We would take that, wouldn't we? For sure, for sure. Okay, and this is the guy that you've been high on for a while, and you said even when he was struggling in 2019, it's like, yo, he's still got the stuff. Be easy on him. Let him go correct it. Let him go fix it. Can Corbin Burns, who did have a sub-3 ERA last season, can he do it again in a 162-game season as long as he stays healthy? Can Burns do it? Yeah, and this shouldn't, shouldn't surprise you coming from me. I think Corbin Burns has overall better stuff than Brandon Woodruff. Yeah. Like like pure stuff. I think he's he's got nastier pitches. So yeah, I think uh when you look at ceilings and you look at what he could do if he reeks expectations, I think for him again, I'm going to say between 3 and 3 and a half would be probably more realistic, <laughs> but I think if you looked at the two, I think Corbin Burns if he's firing on all cylinders has a better opportunity to go below 3. Yeah, I mean even if they have a th- like a 3 and a half, 3 to 3 and a half ERA, that's we'll totally take that. I mean, that'd be electric. That'd be awesome. If those guys combine for 35 wins, the Okay, let me ask you that. Do you think they can combine for 35 wins? The two. <laughs> that's pretty high. That's, that's, that's a lot that's of tough. wins. That's a lot of wins. I mean, think about it. If the team's only supposed to win 82, mm-hmm. those two combined is 35. <laughs> that's, that's quite a bit of wins there. That is a that is a lot. All right, so we have those two guys. If anyone can do it, that's those 43% two can. percent of the team's wins. We uh, we were determining that that is the best one-two punch in the NL Central. Um, the rest of the teams, I mean, the Cardinals would be up there. Would the Cardinals be second with the one-two punch? And then you'd throw... The Cubs and the Reds than the Pirates. I mean, the Pirates I think the Reds last. have the, oh, the second, second best, best one-two punch. Give me Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray. Oh yeah, Sonny. Yeah, Sonny Gray. But yeah, we got the Brewers here, number one, one-two punch. But then the question remains: after the two guys, what happens? Because there's Adrian Hauser, Brett Anderson, and then Freddie Peralta. Now Hauser coming off a disappointing 2020 campaign, but he was, if I remember correctly, wasn't Hauser pretty damn good his rookie season 2019? Like he threw some good stuff. Uh, he's been, I believe he was up before 2019, uh, but well, he was out of the bullpen. 2019 was a good was a good stuff from though, wasn't it? I mean, he's been hit or miss since since basically they traded for him when they acquired him from the Astros in the Gomez Fires deal. He's been hit or miss because he was a guy that had a lot of talent. He was a guy that was originally a starter, then moved into the bullpen. He was a guy that. Uh, he had some arm issues. He had some other type of health issues where he hadn't been able to stay 100% healthy yeah. to have like full seasons. It was like, oh, all of a sudden now he's got this uh, elbow injury. Oh, no, now it's his shoulder. You know, it was it was stuff like that that kept nagging him pretty much his whole time in the minor leagues. And then when he finally got to the majors, it was, all right, is this guy ready to be a starter? Is this guy ready to be a reliever? Should we have him strictly out of the bullpen? Yeah. And he's kind of bounced around since uh, breaking into the major leagues with the Milwaukee Brewers. So once Hauser, okay, the lasting memory right now of Hauser is him actually being pretty damn good on the mound, uh, what, three days ago in his last start in spring training because he, he was dealing. So that's that's a good thing. There's Adrian Hauser. So there's a question mark on Hauser, right? Well, that's that's been Adrian Hauser every time he makes a start for the Milwaukee Brewers. When he goes out there and pitches well, you look at it and all of a sudden you look up and he went five or six innings and gave up, you know, 
two runs. Yeah. Then when he pitches not so well, you look at his stat line and it's like, ooh, he went three and two thirds inning, gave up seven earned, got shelled pretty hard. Okay, so then after Hauser, and Hauser's a question mark, right? Like, because when the rotation came out, you immediately said, well, I have a question of why Adrian Hauser is third. Well, we'll see what happens. But next on the list, Brett Anderson, Rowdy. Anderson, I guess, went healthy. What, a guy that pounds the strike zone? Uh, needs a lot of ground balls to succeed. What do we think about uh, what do you think about uh, Brett Anderson moving into the season? I think if you look at a Brett Anderson type player, he's a guy that probably, uh, if everyone stays uh, status quo with how they've played uh, leading up to this season, I think if you look at uh, Brett Anderson, he's the guy that for me would be the third third pitcher in the rotation if in a playoff series. Yeah, I mean he's thirty three years old, so he's he's probably reaching about his peak in Major League Baseball right now with his overall game. He's a left-hander, but he, I mean, he's had some good seasons. I mean, he just, his biggest thing is not being able to stay healthy. Like, look at some of his uh, career statistics when he was younger on, on other teams. I mean, we're, we're talking about as a 22-year-old kid for the Athletic A's, he went 7-6 and six with an ERA under 3, but he only appeared in 19 games. What's his um you look at 2012 when he was 24 he went 4 and 2 with an ERA under 2.6 but he only appeared in 6 games as yeah. he was injured. Yeah. I mean you can go right down the line with the guy and he's got pretty solid numbers. Let's like like when healthy. The last few years when healthy. Here here's a the kind of a mix of a Brett Anderson. 2015 10 and 9 with an ERA below 3.7. Play, pitched in 31 games. So he was healthy that year. Then you look at the the very next year in 2016. ERA just under 12. Ooh. Only appeared in four games, was out with an uh, injury. Okay. Like, he's got such mixed results because it's when... Like a roller coaster Yeah, ride. when he's healthy, he's got ERAs that are around four or better. When he's not healthy... <laughs> He gets rocked. He gets rocked, and he misses a lot of games. So, Brett Anderson, a 4.09 ERA and 58 starts over the last three seasons. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's extremely serviceable for a, a number three starter, especially when he's a left-hander. And the Brewers right now in their starting rotation, he's the only left-hander. Yep. And then we move on to the fifth spot in that rotation. It's not fastball Freddy anymore. Uh, we had our guy Andrew Wagner on, who's going to join us today at 820. But Andrew Wagner was saying it's not fastball Freddy anymore. He's cut down on his heater usage, and he's added a new slider to his repertoire in the past two seasons. In fact, I think we had that story where he was watching Trevor Bauer, and he's like, I'm going to duplicate that pitch. So fastball Freddy Rowdy, that's a guy that when he's on, he is on. But when he is off, my God, he gets shelled. And you could probably see Freddy Peralta moving down to the bullpen later this season and then getting what? Josh Lindblom up. I think Council even alluded to that uh, yeah, last week in their comments. I think they're going to give uh, Freddie Peralta another shot here. If you remember in 2019 when they trotted out Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta, mm-hmm. all guys that were first-time starters in the rotation. Yeah. I think they're going to give him another shot just because he, his stuff has been looking better. Supposedly it was looking better in the winter leagues. But now he doesn't just have the fastball that he's going to throw 75% of the time. Because it, originally, Freddie Peralta was fastball 75% of the <laughs> time, a get-me-over curveball, and maybe occasionally I'll throw a changeup that's not really that great. Yeah. Now he's got a plus fastball just because he uh, can deceive batters with uh, how he throws the ball and his mechanics. Now a wipeout slider Woo. from what it looks like in spring training 
And then he still has the get me over curveball and the lesser changeup. If he can consistently throw that slider well, he might be all right. Or he might be a guy that only throws two or three innings, even though he's a quote unquote starter. And then they bring in Rasmussen. Outgetter. Yeah. Or suitor to to log a few more innings. So it's like they get five, six innings out of their two starting pitchers. I think council was talking about how they're probably going to expand the rotation too. And they'll have some guys move back and forth like Freddie Peralta, Josh Lindblom, you know, Lindblom was in the rotation last year. He's had some inconsistencies. uh, Once he came back from the big leagues in Korea, what he posted a five sixteen ERA in 45 and one third innings. Uh, But he just, if I remember correctly, he was talking about how he was just like working his way back into the majors. And now he's starting in the bullpen. So we'll see. Yeah, so I have uh, Brett Anderson's uh, profile up. Yeah. And I think I know why he might run into some injury history. Why's that? He's from Midland, Texas. Do you remember the doctors in Midland, according to Friday Night Lights and Booby Miles? (laughs) You got to refresh my memory, Rowdy. That was where uh, he tore his ACL. And the the doctor in the the movie told him, You have a torn ACL. But then he goes, But you from Midland. But you from Midland. The rival high school. (laughs) But you from Midland. I haven't uh, seen that movie in so long. Um, good movie. Great movie. It was a great movie in high school when the teacher's like, all right, we're going to have a movie day. Let's get the TV on wheels. Here's Friday Night Lights. Get me fired up. This band right here. Turn it on and rip that knob off. Opening day, baby. Let's freaking go. I almost dropped an F-bomb. Oh, also a special day today. Loyal listener, G-Dub, it is his daughter's birthday. I want to give a very happy birthday shout-out to Lakin. I hope your dad gets you something very nice, and he treats you very well today, more than he usually does, obviously, and gives you the biggest birthday party uh, a little kid can get. So happy birthday to G-Dub's daughter, Lakin. There you go. Enjoy it. Treat yourself on this special day. All right, Rowdy, special day do when it comes to this right here. The Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, we were talking earlier today about the Brewers' starting rotation, you know, one through five, and you're more you're more high on Burns than you are Woody, right? Not to say there's anything wrong with Woody, but Burns is the guy. I mean, he was he would have been a Cy Young candidate last year if it wasn't for one third of an inning he missed. And this this dates back to what my original, we'll say we'll call them ceilings for both guys were like in 2017. Sporadically, I come on your airwaves, and that was when Woodruff was just breaking into the major leagues, and I. You know, he looked good sometimes. Other times he get roughed up. He's a young player. Yeah. And I said, you know, I think Woodruff will be really good down the line. I think he'll be a three, possibly a, a two, a higher end two for the Brewers. And then that, that was at the time when they still had Jimmy Nelson, who was who's with the Dodgers yeah, now, right? Functioning on uh, and hitting on all cylinders. You had Chase Anderson on his career year in Where 2017. He, he was traded to the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, obviously, those two since had fallen apart, but I thought he could maybe reach being a good number two. I've loved Corbin Burns since they drafted him. I, I thought the guy had a lot of really good stuff and had has a lot of talent to be really good. And then you started seeing it, and I think it was in 2000 and... Oh, Chase Anderson knows with the Phillies. Wow, sorry, Roddy. 17 or 18. Yeah. He was minor league pitcher of the year for the Milwaukee Brewers. And then obviously we saw him get called up at the end of 18, played a role out of the bullpen in yep. a playoffs yep. where the Brewers made it to the NLCS one se- one game away. And uh, he looked good. He had some spot starts. 
came out of the bullpen, showed that he had that nasty wipeout cutter slider, whatever he wants to call it. And then 2019 happened. And it's like everybody lost complete faith in Corbin Burns, except for a few people. And it was basically just between the years. It wasn't anything with his stuff. He was still throwing in the mid nineties. He still had the good slider. He, he just was missing spots and occasionally and big league hitters were taking uh, advantage of that. And he just mentally wasn't handling the lack of success. Well, cause he was a guy that, you know, obviously yeah. since he was a little kid was the best player on his team, totally had the best stuff on his team. And he finally just uh, maybe got up to the big leagues into a starting role where they thrust him into the rotation with Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff for the first time in 19. And maybe at age 23, he just, just wasn't exactly ready for mentally it. wasn't there. And he went down and uh, to the pitching lab and he worked on his mental health as well as his physical health and uh, has apparently gotten it corrected. And he's looking really good because Rowdy, I mean, he was almost a Cy Young candidate last year. Yeah, he was, And this year in spring training, he's been dealing just dealing. barely, just barely missed being eligible to be a Cy Young. And we saw that same, Corbin Burns stuff that they saw in the minor leagues at double and triple A. Yep. And then all of a sudden he looks like that for a shortened 60 game season, but he comes back this spring and he looks even better. Yeah. And now he made it through the spring. He's healthy, ready to go. He'll be the number two. So yeah, ultimate ceilings. Ultimately, I think ceilings Corbin higher. Burns has the higher ceiling now. Okay, I'll just Now, Brandon it Woodruff way. is a beast. Brandon Woodruff was like just barely over three ERA last year. Ceiling wise, to me, Corbin Burns can get higher than Brandon Woodruff in the ranks of MLB pitchers across the league. Mm-hmm. Now, floor wise, Brandon Woodruff has a high floor, so he'll always be solid. He'll yeah. be consistent. But Burns has the lower floor. He's got the lower floor, but the higher ceiling. So if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's kind of that the high risk, high reward situation. I mean, not saying it's a high risk. But, you know, I guess to compare maybe analogies. All right, so the Brewers, will where will they finish in the NL Central? That's our Twitter poll at Zone Madison. You can call it in 2608-321-1670. First, second, third, or fourth, we're all convinced the Pirates are going to be last. So if you're like, well, where's the fifth option? The Pirates have that locked up, matey. All right? Right now, 68% of the vote. I'm going to round up. Go 69. Nice. 69% of the vote, Rowdy, going first place for your Milwaukee Brewers, 20% second, and tied for sixth, third, and fourth. I voted first place. I'm thinking the Brewers are going to win 89 games this year. Uh, will that be enough to get it done in the NL Central? I think so. The NL Central doesn't really have a clear-cut team. You know, there's it's the ones up there would be the Cardinals and the Brewers, and it's going to come down to health, who can be the healthiest, and I think the Brewers... And no, no one could ever, you know, look into a crystal ball unless you have a crystal ball you can look to. Uh, is Miss Cleo still alive? I think she passed away. And if you can look into a crystal ball and see it, let me know. If not, no one can tell what's going to happen with health. But Rowdy, the Cardinals and the Brewers, I think, would be ones clipping for one and two. And then it's the Cubs, Cubs Reds for that three four spot, and the Pirates going to be last. Yeah. So you asked us this question earlier this morning, and I said I'm going to go with the Brewers finishing second, getting 87 wins this season. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did win the division because it's going to be so competitive between those uh, top four teams that you listed off, Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Cubs. It's going to be competitive. And if the Brewers get Omar Nervaez to swing the bat and be the offensive catcher, if you get Christian Yelich being back to the old Christian Yelich of 18 and 19. Which he's been looking good in spring training. If you get... You know, Avisel Garcia to look like the Avisel Garcia of 
pretty much any season prior to 2020. <laughs> Next year, yeah. I mean, you still get the good defense from Lorenzo Kane and Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. You get something from the shortstop position, whether it's Urias or Arcia. <laughs> Colton Wong is honestly just a an upgrade at He's a leadoff hitter like he should be and continues to, to be good in the field with a gold glove type uh, second baseman. Yep. And Keston Hira brings anything. If they get any combination, and even Travis Shaw at third base, if he can give you anything with some thump in his bat, if they get any combination of those, you don't even need all of them to hit to potentially win the division. But if you get the majority of those guys to bounce back, then, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won the division. So, Rowdy, let's just go right with Colton Wong. Wong's talking about you know being strong at the plate in spring um, and then turning it into when it matters here starting today. You're just trying to continue to have good ABs. Um, you're not really worried about the results. Obviously, that's always a plus. But at this point, you're trying to make sure that all the fields that you want to feel before going into the season is right, You know, whether it's offensively, defensively, uh, you know, running. You want to just make sure that everything's good. So season starts, we're, we're off and going. All right, so let me ask you, Rowdy. Colton Wong has been mashing the ball in spring training. What has he got? Four home runs now as the leadoff. And we kind of talked about it a little bit. When's the last time the Brewers had a legit leadoff? And is Colton Wong going to be the guy for a leadoff that the Brewers have been looking for for quite some time? Yeah, I think uh, the Brewers are hoping he's going to be, right? That they brought him in to play good defense, be a gold glover at second base, upgrade that position, and also be a leadoff hitter. He's a guy that, uh, for his career... Has has been a guy that has the ability to bat leadoff, and the you talked about it. The Brewers really haven't had a legit leadoff hitter, oof, in God, years. When's, it's when's been a it's time? been a while. It's been a while. And Lorenzo Cain had a phenomenal Bersie says season. Corey Hart. I don't even know if I would say Corey Hart is a prototypical leadoff hitter, mm. but. The closest they've had in recent memory. <laughs> and then he says, Ricky Weeks, dear buddy. <laughs> no, I'll never say that. <laughs> Ricky Weeks. Sorry, Rowdy, sorry. But, um, yeah, the closest they've had in recent years has got to be Lorenzo Cain in, in 2018 when he had his phenomenal season and hit extremely well. But, I mean, but. he's not even a prototypical leadoff hitter, to be completely honest. So Colton honest. Long is going to be the guy to carry the torch finally. For the Milwaukee Brewers. Dude, he's been doing really well in spring training. Uh, in fact, Colton Wong, uh, Craig Council talks about what they've gotten from Wong at the plate so far. The home runs have been, you know, certainly a pleasant surprise. You know, I think that's four homers for, during camp and the opposite field homer. I think that always shows true power. And he's he's swung the bat well, for sure. And I think he's, you know, he fits at the leadoff spot. Power's a bonus, for sure. You know, I, I do think he's capable of it. Like we talked about previously, moving to our ballpark. You know, only helps. Well, yeah, I mean, council spot on right there. Because Miller, I did it again. Oh, unbelievable. American Family Field, Rowdy. Last time I checked, very hitter friendly. Colton Wong going to be mad. Yeah, and especially as a left-handed uh, guy that has a little bit of pop, I guess you would say. Not, not a ton. I mean, his biggest statistical season when it comes to home runs was 2014 where he hit 12. He's also since hit 11 twice, 9 one year. But you'd have to imagine coming into a American family field hitter friendly <laughs> left. Well done. Or hitter friendly uh, for left handed hitters. Plus, it's in that indoors. It's a little bit more uh, hitter friendly than uh, playing at, uh, what is it, Bush Stadium these yeah. days? Yeah. In uh, St. Louis. So, yeah, I mean, if he's going to be able to hit at his peak between 10 and 12 home runs a year, you'd think at Miller Park he'd be closer to 15. Yeah, maybe totally. more. 
All right, here we're, here's what we're going to do. Because if you uh, saw that video that Christian Yelich put out about why he's been hitting all the home runs lately, how he's a, a newer father, he's starting to get the dad strength. The old man strength, the dad strength. You know about the dad strength out there. I know you do, guys. You look at some guy, you're like, yeah, there's no way this guy could throw down. There's no way this guy could lift this weight. And all of a sudden, he comes walking into those New Balance shoes, those Levi jeans that don't fit quite right, maybe a, a Rose Bowl shirt from the 90s or a starter jacket. Like, this guy ain't got nothing. And all of a sudden, dude's got old man strength. He's lifting like a car over his head. Like, holy shnikes. It's Colton Wong now. All right, welcome back in. And yes, King, that is an authentic Christian Yellows jersey that Nelly is wearing. Hand sewn. Hand sewn. That's Is that the only... Oh, your your pinstripes are really lining up. Your your seamstress rowdy did not line up some of the pinstripes correctly on that Brewers jersey. That's why their wages were cut. Is that why you got it so cheap? You never know had you had had anybody not pointed it out. Oh, RJ, I got a keen eye for a good uh, good sewing. Do you? No, not really. All right, welcome back in. (laughs) Uh, We just had a a good phone call come in right there during the break. It was Corey, and he said, "Hey." I love the, or he asked for a second, like, you guys are going to play Bob Euchre, the highlights and whatnot. Yeah. So the zone here in the Madison listening area and surrounding area, if you get us, our signal, <laughs> 96.7 FM and 16.70 AM, we are the new home of the Milwaukee Brewers. So we have every single pitch, every single hit, every single inning, 162. And then when they get to the playoffs, more on that baseball as well. Ah. So you can hear all of it right here on the zone. And today's broadcast starts they have like a half hour long pregame show. So today's broadcast starts at 12:35. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm talking about, baby. And then Corey had said, "Yeah, I'm I'm she said, I'm right there with you too, boys, cuz I was bitching about how I have Hulu TV. I don't get the Brewers. Nelly has Dish TV. Nelly, you don't get the Brewers, correct? Nope. Uh YouTube TV doesn't get the Brewers. In fact, the only person in this room besides the cable box that's hanging off the wall right there, well, the only person that gets the Brewers in this room is RJ. Woo! Because you have cable. Way to go, me. Go, Way to go, uh, me. You have Spectrum. Or Charter, whatever the hell it is. Well, I got DirecTV. Oh, DirecTV. But they still uh, don't have a negotiating problem with now, uh, well, Sin- Sinclair. Yeah, Sinclair. I hate your guts. I don't even know you. I hate you, but I hate your guts. guts. So there you go. If uh, you are screwed like I am when it comes to watching the Brewers, unless you find a nice little illegal stream, guess what? You can listen right here to The Zone. Yeah. Every pitch, every hit, every inning. Uh, Gusan Knudsen just messaged me. says, YouTube TV gets the Brewers? Question mark. I know. I don't think they do. I'm pretty sure they don't. Yeah, uh, I think I, it was one that was dropped. Yeah, I think yeah. they, I think they recently because oh. was because um, Roku was too. Dish and Sling. Dish Sling. originally dropped it. Oh yeah, Sling in Roku. summer of nineteen, and then if I remember correctly, was it YouTube TV and Hulu Sports that got dropped the last season? Yeah, but, uh, uh, I think it was before. No, yeah, last season. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you got. The rest of 2019 that Dish didn't get, and then <laughs> see ya. I think I just uh, wrecked Knutson's morning. He just gave me a bleep, damn it. So there you go. I said essentially fans will either need to pay for a cable subscription like Spectrum uh, or for AT and AT and T TV. Um, over the top offerings, it t- a service that takes place for oh. So if you have AT and T, you need AT and TV TV. Say that three times fast, my God. That so you have to pay boring. for more, more money to get it, 
And then RJ, you said you have direct. Direct. Um, do you have to pay extra for that crap? No. Okay, that's nice. That comes on as well. Once you go past the basic, so like you know, you get the the basic extended yeah. portion to get your so, local sports stuff. I'm reading here. There's a guy from this co- uh, a site and a podcast called The Streamable, which is a site that follows the TV industries. Uh, and everything that when it comes to you know providing services, they say he said the bad news. His name's Jason. They said the bad news is that it is very unlikely that Fox Sports Wisconsin, now Bali Sports Wisconsin, is coming back to Hulu TV or YouTube TV anytime soon. Ever. And the Sinclair CEO Chris Ripley was asked about this on an earnings call, and he hemmed and hawed around giving a straightforward answer. He said, in my opinion, means there hasn't been any progress made. And from a financial standpoint, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Hulu Live and YouTube TV to add back the regional sports networks. Huh. Yeah, and then... Uh, That's more forthcoming than uh, Mark Murphy. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Another comment that I saw was that this just isn't with the Brewers. This is a Fox Sports oh, and yeah, local markets yeah, issue. So it's, it's not it's, just Milwaukee and Wisconsin. Yeah. It's Sin- almost nationwide. Sinclair's like yeah. strong-arming all these... Uh, the 21 sports networks that they have, they're strong-arming everybody into paying like up the wazoo. Yeah, so basically the majority of us are screwed unless but, you have DirecTV or yeah, Charter. Or unless you really do have a strong urge to watch sports, then you should probably go to Sports Urge. Oh, a strong... Rowdy, I have a strong sports urge. Do you, Rowdy? And it's nice and clear. I have a strong <laughs> W-O-Z-N. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if I want to, <laughs> if I don't want to have a strong sports urge that hopefully is crystal clear, and when it comes to watching it on a computer, I would say, yes, listen to W-O-Z-N here, 96.7 <laughs> FM, 16.70 AM. But if you want to see it and you have a strong sports urge, well, check it out, right, Rowdy? Yeah. All right, so they said here uh-huh. a, a very small percentage of viewers from a streaming TV package are actually watching an RSN 5 to 10% of subscribers. So they say the reason why Hulu Live and YouTube TV don't want to add back these regional sports network is because it's just the small percentage of eyes on the uh, the product. What's the matter, though? You're still – I guess you have eyes on the TV, but they're paying, a, they're paying money for these packages. Yeah. Which they probably don't want to pay for. That is lame, dude. Uh, yes, Knutson, uh, I'm saying we have a strong – Rowdy, what are we saying? To Sports urge. urge. Sports urge. To watch the Milwaukee Brewers today. Yeah, if you want to just listen, the zone right here. Beautiful. You can Google it. Yeah, you can Google uh, your sports urge. urge. So the 90% subscribers who don't watch, so they say 5 to 10% of people are only watching these regional networks, and the other 90%, they just don't, they don't think it's financially, uh, fisc- it's not fiscal. Fiscally responsible. Fiscally responsible. Thank you to do this. This is most expensive. This is expensive bundles. It's not sustainable for these packages. Right. And that's, and that's why you're getting screwed out of the crew well, and the bucks. Yeah. And that's not. So basically the brewers. That's yes. not like Bally Sports now saying it's not financially responsible. It's the providers saying. Yes. They're char- trying to charge us so much. It doesn't make sense. Yes. Essentially. Um, but the Sinclair president, they say, is him and Han over it all as well. <laughs> he's, he's pulling a little Mark Murphy. So there you go. All right, 608-321-1670. Twitter is We don't talk about markets that aren't in our squad. The Brewers? <laughs> that aren't a part of our package. <clears throat> 
Let's see here. The guy from Streamable said said it's hard to blame one individual for the situation, and teams like the Brewers and Bucks don't have the leverage to force change. The Brewers had one of the lowest rights fees deals in the entire sports industry, getting somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty to twenty five million a year. You're the smallest market in baseball. Yeah, he says their latest deal. It hasn't been disclosed how much it's worth. Well, let's say it's $40 million a year. When those right fees go up, all these RSNs uh, tried to, to streaming services that tried to charge a higher fee to cable providers and streaming providers, as a result, they have more costs and therefore doesn't make sense fiscally. Yeah. Unbelievable. So we're just getting screwed. The little man's getting screwed. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's normal, though. Welcome to the show. Who's this? It's Brenda. Hey, Brenda. What's up, girl? Hey, hey happy, happy opening day. I know. That's what I was going to say. Happy opening day. It's so exciting. So when's the bus trip? Here's the thing: you can't even tailgate at American Family Fields parking lot, Brenda. Once that opens up, we're going, we're going full force. We can tailgate on the way there. You don't need to necessarily tailgate Agreed. in the parking been, lot. If it's a party bus, we can party Brenda, on the yeah, bus. We, we've been, we've been got some of the other works. We're trying to figure it out, but it's hard to get through to that, anyone. Yeah, that was uh, a goal for the end of the week to give them a call. Uh, there you go. There you go. So, Brenda, it's, so, stuff it will be flying out shortly. Okay, you'll be the. I'll, I'll personally DM you. That would be awesome. Yeah, let me know if I can get off at work. We do need um, we do need a motherly figure on the bus to make sure that we're somewhat responsible. And you played that role very well last time you were on our bus trip. I was not a motherly figure. I, I mean, it's it's like uh, you did participate in Brenda, but you made sure that we kept our noses somewhat clean. Well, yeah, I'm too old to get drunk. I you mean, just got slightly buzzed. I get it. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't. I mean, we yeah, call it a responsible Brenda. It's a responsible buzz. And that's what I like. Yeah. I like the responsible buzz because I don't want to feel sick the next day. That just sucks. <laughs> no, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it does uh, suck, yeah. especially when you got to try and golf the yeah, next Brenda, day. Yeah, Brenda, we all felt pretty sick the next day. Uh, yeah, I know you did. Well, you guys were up pretty cloud, you know, the last <laughs> one. Yeah, you guys were pretty drunk. And you even invited me to the strip club. I don't know. But no, couldn't go. You thought about no, it, though. I did, briefly, yes. Um, you know, because, you know, like you said, you guys need that motherly figure to make sure your butts get home okay. Mm. I wonder what the motherly yeah. figure would be like at the strip club, though. Hmm. Yeah, no, no. Brenda, uh, yeah, no. I know you're. Not, I know you're not above it, though. No, I'm not. Really? I've been. Oh, I know you were there with us, Brenda, for th- the, the the day before Thanksgiving. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, came, I came. I came for the. I came for the food, not the boobs. Well, but, yes. You know, yeah. Hey, so did, okay. I mean, so did I, and the food was phenomenal. Because if I want to look at boobs, I can look at my own. Yeah, you know? I mean, you got it made. Exactly. So, you know, I'm good with that. <laughs> Brenda, where are uh, the Brewers finishing this year, and how many wins are they going to get? I think they're going to be one, and I'm going to say 86. Okay. I mean, I'll take it. That's going to be – I'll take I'll take the first place, and if the 86 can do it, then hell yeah, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty tight. I mean, they're going to be the first or second. <laughs> Jim Leonard met with the media yesterday and kind of uh, shared the insight of why he wanted to stay with Wisconsin. Now, boys, before I play some of the clips from Jim Leonard, you guys were talking a little bit off air, Nelson and RJ over here to, uh, at each other, about Jim Leonard. Like You're like, this guy's a huh? badger for life. This what? guy's a badger for life. Yeah, he absolutely is. I mean, wasn't that what you guys were saying? Like that, that whole press conference yesterday made it sound like he's never leaving. Yeah, it's he is like locked up forever. It feels like. Well, maybe he's thinking along the same lines as what a lot of Badger fans have been thinking. Like, hey, if I'm here and I do a really good job defensively for a decade, and then when Paul Christ is like, I think I'm going to step down and and walk away into retirement, mm-hmm. 
I can be the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, my uh, favorite place in the world. And, dude, could you imagine? You spurned the – Jim Leonard could be with the Packers right now prepping, like doing stuff. Yeah. He spurned the Green Bay Packers. I mean, he's a Wisconsinite. Yeah. I'm sure he was a Packers fan growing up. Well, spurned the Packers to say, I have unfinished business with the Wisconsin And you can Packers. even go one step further and go, after being a guy that played a decade in the NFL, he didn't have to go into coaching if he didn't want to. He didn't have to do anything. Right. Then when you also know that Rex Ryan, Mike Pettin, and some of those guys that he was always with on those defensive units for like the Bills and the Ravens and, mm-hmm. and Jets, the places where he traveled, they said this guy is going to be a hell of a coach. He could be on any one of their staffs and you know, basically singing his praises. I mean, yeah. Rex Ryan was saying it while he's a player. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could take over my defensive coordinator job right now. So yep. Jimmy Leonard didn't have to come back to Wisconsin to be the defensive coordinator, he could have, right after being done coaching, got right into the coaching ranks in the NFL through the the avenues of the Rex Ryans and the Mike right. Pettins and the guys that he already knew and played for because they were so they had such high glowing uh, talks about him that he could have walked in and done that, and he could have been say like a a a, a secondary coach in the NFL. Yeah. He never had to come back to college. He could he and then you talked about it with the the Green Bay Packers. He already turned down the Packers. He turned down the Packers. Just they, think if and Jim Leonard was the Packers, their number though. one. I know, but just think if you, I mean I would assume that growing up he was a Packers fan because if you're a Wisconsinite, I, it's it's your birthright to be a Packers fan, and I assume he would be. I'm gonna play these comments coming up. I got the phone lines blowing up. Uh, Jimmy Leonard meeting yesterday with the media, and we started to talk about it a little bit. And Tommy came in, shares with Brewer Insight, Mel and Adele spectrumed out. So we're gonna have. Jimmy Leonard here. Jim Leonard was talking about why he didn't go to the Packers. Could you imagine being a Wisconsin Badger football player and Jim Leonard comes in the next day just strutting around? They're like, hey, coach. Coach, what's going on, man? What what happened to the Packers? He goes, I turned on the Packers to stay with you jabronis. Let's go finish our unfinished business. So here's Jimmy Leonard talking about what he's got trying to accomplish here in Madison. I've said it a lot of times. I love Madison. To me, there's some unfinished business with the the University of Wisconsin. I love this group of kids and want to continue to develop them. And with COVID being the way it was last year, I'd I'd have felt a specific way about myself having left after that season. But I'm excited about being being in Madison. And I think we got a great opportunity this coming season. Uh, I love it. Here's more from Jimmy Leonard on uh, the unfinished business. I came here wanting to win a national championship, right? I came here wanting to win the Big Ten as a player, right? Nothing's changed as a coach, right? We haven't done that since I've been back. So the goals haven't changed, right? I, I feel like we have a group that, that can accomplish that. Things have to go well. We have to play good football, much better football than we played last year. And uh, that's the challenge every day. What do you guys think about that? Uh, one more time. Let's just do it again. Break I came here wanting to win a national championship, right? I came here wanting to win the Big Ten. All right, let's all pause it right there. So I like how he says national championship first. As a player. As a player, yes. Yeah. As a and player. Carries but then over as a coach. Carries over as a coach. Yeah, national championship and then winning the Big Ten. Well, I mean, we got to reverse it to get to the national championship, right? You got to win the Big Ten. Yeah. Then you got to get to the national championship. So, real quick, we'll break it down. I came here wanting to win a national championship, right? I came here wanting to win the Big Ten as a player, right? Nothing's changed as a coach. Nothing has changed as the coach. Mm -hmm. I love, it's that chip on that shoulder, let me get after and chase my dreams. And this time he's living through it through the kids, obviously, but... I mean, he's a coach. You are you are the team. You're part of the team. You're uh, the leader of some of these uh, young men. 
So, of course, he's going to be in on it. So, I love the bravado. Here's more. Right. We haven't done that since I've been back. So, the goals haven't changed, right? I, I feel like we have a group that, that can accomplish that. Think- all right. He feels like he's – obviously, all the coaches are going to say the same thing. I feel like I have a group that can win it all, which I get. But what has Wisconsin always been looking for? It's that quarterback to put them over the hump because they always have yeah. a good defense. They I mean, always have he a good running game. definitely has a defense that can pull off his goals. They got the they always had the line too as well. They're always looking for that quarterback. Now Graham Mertz, if you were to ask, remember that Illinois game? Remember Mertz Mania running wild boys? We thought, or I thought personally, that Wisconsin would be world beaters after seeing what Graham Mertz was able to put together yeah. on the field. I think everyone did, and that's including people in the national media and NFL superstars like Patrick Mahomes yeah, and Russell Wilson that were tweeting at him because that was the Friday night game that was televised where pretty much everyone had their eyes on it. Well, and it's like yeah. one of the first games back, you know, or wasn't it? Was, the first no, game? it was one of the first big 10, Ten games, games back. back, and everyone's like, got to watch this. You know, the hype of Mertz, you know, Cohen was hurt, yada, 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 and then Mertz just goes and lights it up. So I think Wisconsin – has potentially that quarterback. Now, obviously, as the season progressed last year, it kind of fell apart, but you're missing your top receivers. Yep. There's a thing called COVID-19 that's still around. Well, yeah, yeah then after that game, then you you lost games to, was it Nebraska and Purdue because of the the COVID-positive tests on the Wisconsin Badgers? Yep. And then he came back, Graham Mertz, that is, came back, played against uh, Michigan, and didn't necessarily have the greatest stats like he did against Illinois, but he still had a lot of moments where he looked good and he looked the part. Yeah. So right. we'll talk more about this coming up, but I think Wisconsin's in the place to potentially do it as Jim Leonard's, you know, opining here. Uh, here's more from Leonard on turning down the Packers. Obviously, it's a huge opportunity. Very humbled to be in the conversation for that position. You know, it's a organization, obviously, being from the state, know a lot about and have a tremendous amount of respect for the way that organization operates and you know, they're right on the fringe of a Super Bowl and they have been for a while now. So definitely a, a difficult decision to have to make. But again, he said he had unfinished business here with Wisconsin. And then one more from Leonard talking about uh, the reaction from his players and the public after turning down the green and gold. I'm excited about them. These are, these are kids we all recruited here and because of who they are, the character they show on top of their football abilities. So anytime you earn their respect as a coach, you know you're doing something right and, and having some confirmation uh, with their reactions to that you know, makes you feel good. And you know, now I have more work to do to, to help continue to push this group. The, the best tweet was uh, after he went for that second interview. Was it Fayon Hicks who tweeted out, Got to get that McDonald's bag ready for Coach to stay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think that just shows you that he's serious and he's being 100% truthful with you when saying he likes being in Madison, this is home for him, Mm -hmm. and he has unfinished business here because when he was growing up, he wanted to win a national championship. Mm -hmm. He wanted to win the Big Ten, and they didn't do it then, and he can do it now because if it was all about getting rings and and getting to that next step and being famous, like a – you know, like a big, highly paid defensive coordinator or potentially head coach yeah, he in the done. NFL, he would have already jumped at the Green Bay Packers or he would have interviewed with the Florida States of the world or some of these more mainstream blue bloods that he could jump into a head coaching spot and no be a, a yeah. uh, top coach. And, and, you know, for the longest time, he's always said uh, Rex Ryan's the Old Testament, Mike Patton's the New Testament. And that's the two guys he learned under. Who's to say during that second interview, he also had a talk with Mike Patton and asked him about the organization. And maybe Mike Patton was like, oh, yeah, I'm maybe sure you Patton, stay away from I'm that. sure Patton and him have been talking. And we're talking. Who, who knows? Maybe Rex Ryan 
Because that guy, once he got out of his comfort level, kind of took a downturn. Yeah. He's like, if you're doing well where you're at, stay there. I think Wisconsin, what you have here is a guy who truly, legitimately wants to see Wisconsin succeed. He spurned the Green Bay Packers to come back for the Badgers to win the Big Ten and win a national title. That's something to just say thank you. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see what happens. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, there you go. Jimmy Leonard, good stuff, man. Rowdy, who's your favorite brewer of all time? See, this was a tough one. Went once. Well, I grew up actually, in all the lean years, dude. I grew up with, like, nothing for brewers. Well, I, they didn't do anything. It was hilarious because Charlie sparked the idea off air <laughs> when he drunkenly said it. Yeah, he's like, who's your favorite brewer of all time? Like, ben and, Sheets. Ben Sheets. So my biggest thing for when you say you pick your specific favorite brewer of all time. In my opinion, I feel like you have to have watched them. Yeah. Agreed. Because I can't get up there and say, yep, you know, Hank Aaron, my favorite brewer of all time, though he played just what, one or two years for the Brewers yeah. when he was like 40. Hey, who's and your like, favorite baseball player? Oh, Babe Ruth. It's like, yep. Yeah, huh? And it was like, yeah, okay, the guy played 100 years before you were born. Yeah. What do you mean, Babe Ruth's your favorite baseball player? Vladimir, you saw him. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, my opinion, to be your favorite player, you have to have watched them played yeah. and enjoy watching them play. Like I would go with Ben Sheets just because I always wanted to be a pitcher growing up. I love that. Uh, I loved you know some Jeff Jenkins. Uh, I loved you know the big sexy. You know obviously not. There, there's so many. It's few and far between though because the Brewers when I was growing up were so bad. So when I first started watching the Brewers, it was 2000 2001. Miller Park is brand new. Obviously the Brewers aren't that great. I would say when I first started watching the Milwaukee Brewers, Jeff Jenkins was my favorite player. He's a beast. Jeff Jenkins, you look at him and you thought, yeah, best player on the Brewers by far. But then you really look at his statistics, and I believe he was only a two-time All-Star. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think he was a two-time All-Star. Like he doesn't necessarily have the greatest stats. Like, uh, let's see. He was like when did Ben Sheets come? Two thousand and one. So I was just in middle school. Like one-time All-Star in two thousand and three for the Brewers. One Just time, a one time, one time. But yeah, but you like you said, it was pretty lean years growing up, yeah. especially in those nineties and two thousands. So I would say starting out, it was Jeff Jenkins. Now, then I also really love Scott Pesednik. So I was, I thought it was awesome when uh, Brian tweeted in the last the great P. leadoff hitter was Scott Pesednik. He was probably my the second guy that I really liked for the Brewers. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, Robin Yount uh, ended playing his career for the Brewers in 1993. I would have been five years old at the time. You're not really cognizant of what's going on in professional sports, but you understand when people talk about a figure like Robin Yount. You're like, yeah, 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 cool, cool, cool. So I'd get my hands on Robin Yount baseball cards, Robin Yount programs. I have a bunch of Robin Yount stuff you know, back growing up uh, back home. So I have that stuff, but I never remember watching him play. I wasn't old enough, you know? So Ben Sheets coming up with the Brewers 2001, I always wanted to be that pitcher. And Ben Sheets with that nasty curveball, I'm like, this dude rules. And he kind of looked like Brett Favre. And I love Brett Favre. So I'm like, okay, I can get behind this guy. This guy freaking rules. It's just, it's hilarious, though, because if you talk about pitching, I would say the same thing. Probably my favorite Brewers pitcher growing up was Ben Sheets because he was the only respectable one. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you look at, we just said, Jeff Jenkins has had one career (laughs) all-star. You you bring up Scott Pesednik. He played for the Brewers in 03 and 04. He was just there for two years while, while we were growing up. Yeah, it's nice. And you know who then, my favorite Brewer all the time? The Barrel Man. Bernie Brewer. 
<laughs> then you bring up Ben Sheets. Yeah, Ben Sheets was the only respectable pitcher, but how many times was he 100% healthy? Which was rare, you know? And then the only other player I think that I really liked, this is pre-Ryan Braun, mm-hmm. was it had to be Bill Hall, but... Oh, Billy Hall on Mother's Day? But it's not a Mother's Day specific. The specific Bill Hall that I loved was Bill Hall at shortstop yeah. <laughs> because it's he never was the same player once they moved him to center field. He yeah. when he was younger, he came up playing shortstop a little bit of a third if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he was just absolutely baller at shortstop and he was hitting really well. Then if you remember they moved him to the outfield, they moved him to center field yeah. and he just never was never, in my opinion yeah, the same. same. I mean Jeff Jenkins <laughs> for me too. I'll throw Jeff Jenkins out there. Um all right, we got the phone lines freaking blowing up. Uh, welcome to the show. Who is this? So my uh, favorite brewer is my third favorite twin. Well, you're a Twins fan. <laughs> so, yeah. What's up, guys? Hey, how's How you it going, doing? Zach? How you living? I'm living twins, good, twins man. Are, twins are going to uh, take two or three out of the uh, brewers this weekend. Sorry. Well, Sorry. I mean, that's the Twins perspective. I'm going to go for the Brewers that's, perspective that's and say true. the Brewers that's are going to sweep the Twins. But, Zach, would you uh, still be that alone. confident if... We, if the Brewers were still in the AL East and you had a first round playoff matchup with them, well, of course not. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's funny. You know, I I, I found that uh, I was super confident going into the series against the Astros, who were under five hundred, and we got swept. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, Kenta Maeda on the mound, he's a beast, dude. I mean, it's going to be a really good game today. What are you going out, obviously, for the Brewers? Oh, here we go. Uh, Secondhand well, Smokes John says, wow, a lot of people sleeping on Lyle Overbay. Mr. Doubles. Lyle Overbay. Nice. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the Brewers will uh, finish first in the division. They will have 88, 88 wins. Yeah. Uh, I got 89. I, I, you got 88. Rowdy's got 87. Yep. They, they, look, they look good. And I'll, I'll tell you, the uh, – I, I keep seeing all these people taking the Mets, and I'm still not sold on the Mets. And I know they have, they have uh, Dude, Thor the and they have Degrom, and but it's the freaking Mets. Mets, man. It's, it's the Mets. The Mets. It's the Mets. And, Let's and be honest just, with ourselves. They will. They'll it, get some injuries, and then they'll uh, fall short. And they just signed Lindor to that thirty, three hundred forty-one million dollar ten-year deal. Yeah. Last night. No, that, I'm with you. I'm with you, Zach. It. They always have the hype, even dating back to the earlier 2000s when they had what was it, Reyes, Delgado, Johan Santana, the Cat. When they had those type of teams, there was always a lot of hype and not a lot of uh, ever accomplishments. Yeah, and and it's funny that you bring up Santana because I, I, as a huge Johan fan. I, I was I was disappointed that the Twins didn't want to re-sign him, and then he goes sign somewhere else and and stinks up the place. So it was like, <laughs> oh. all right, well, I, I can deal with that. I can I can live with that. Zach, as a Twins fan, how do you feel? So we keep talking about Brandon Woodruff and, and Corbin Burns and hoping like, oh, if they reach like their ceilings and have great breakout seasons, they combine for thirty five wins and a sub three ERA. How does it feel to have Johan Santana and Francisco Liriano? Who maybe was arguably better than Santana? His what was that first two years before he started blowing out his arm? Yep. Those two guys were electric. Hey Zach, let me ask you though, bro. From just real quick, because I got the full ends blowing up. From a, the Mets' perspective, are the Mets in your humble 
Mets. I mean, Twins, excuse me. The Twins' perspective, are the Twins getting a win today? Are they going to spoil the Brewers' opening day at Amfam Field? I think they are. I think Maeda's going to throw five, five scoreless. I'm sorry. I, I think he's going to throw five scoreless. Uh, and he'll probably give up a run in the sixth. But You're really breaking it down. Win three, yeah. three one today. Twins are going to win three one. Hey Zach, always a hey, pleasure, Nelson, man. Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz, man. Nelson Cruz. Hey. he's going to pop a dinger out today. Tomorrow, when uh, I want you calling back in. So when the Brewers win today, I want to rub it in your face tomorrow. But if the Brewers do lose, I will say I was wrong when you call in tomorrow. Okay. We'll we'll do that. Right. That sounds great. See, see you, buddy. Love you guys. <laughs> Much love. See ya. See ya. All right, Rowdy. We also getting a lot of uh, Prince Fielder coming in here for like you know growing up. But here's the thing: like I was already like. Done growing, I guess, when Fielder was doing it. But Prince Fielder, one of my favorite brewers of all time. That dude is just, that dude is, and I love And secondhand Prince smoke, John, coming out with the Lyle Overbay. Very underrated pick right there. Yeah, totally. Lyle Overbay. Yeah. What a name. I would say. His name's Lyle. I mean, you got to love a guy named Lyle. I would say this, though. Those guys, the the Jeff Jenkins, Scott Pesednik, Ben Sheets, Bill Hall at shortstop, that was when I was younger. But I would say. I told you this before. I used to be a big Ryan Braun fan because he came on the scene in 07. Oh, who wasn't? Oh, it's just. It's and then the just truth is, I'm innocent. That bugged the hell out of me. He bugged everybody. But yeah, Prince Fielder, man, that guy. And the, the greatest, funniest thing about Prince Fielder is the dude went vegan and still somehow got bigger. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? Bobby. Uh, what's up, brother? Hey, you were talking about favorite brewers. <clears throat> And I was lucky enough to go to a charity deal with Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun, and Ricky Week. I got a chance to meet all three of them. Now that sounds and awesome. It was amazing. And to be honest with you, it was really hard to choose who was the coolest of the three. <laughs> but I got to be honest with you, Prince Fielder, I was standing across the room like a dope. And he came over to me, and he goes, aren't you going to get some pictures with us? <laughs> and he goes, that's what we're here for. He goes, go grab a camera from your friend and get some pictures. So you so, had to have Fielder come to you to be like, hey, guy, yeah, come on, get out right. of the shell. Let's go. Right. Like, I'm standing over the corner like a dope, and he comes over <laughs> and gets me, and I've got these three amazing pictures in my office with Fielder, Weeks, and Braun, and I got to be honest with you, it is the three of them were the most amazing, cool, down to earth, awesome guys that you would ever meet. Oh yeah, I and bet, man. So it it would be hard to pick my favorite of the three, but I got to give the edge to Prince because he did actually come over and like brought people in, got them to take pictures, made the whole experience a completely different level and the dude was just dude amazing. prince fielder he nothing vegan then i guarantee you oh yeah nothing not better vegan when then. prince fielder just cranking a bomb right and then coming you know, home and untucking the jersey jumping on the base and everyone mobbing him that's just so so freaking cool dude but, but yeah so i would have to put in a vote and by the way the score will be five four today brewers win love it bob how many are brewers gonna win first uh first place second place third place fourth pirates will be last so don't worry about last place where do the brewers finish at the end you know me i gotta be the eternal optimist we're Hell gonna yeah. put them right in first place i put them there too bobby my man one one last comment i know i don't get a chance to call in every day because of my job but you Quit. were talking about the football team earlier Yes. Which got me super excited, obviously, Badger football. Oh, Jimmy Leonard saying like he, he spurned the Packers because he got unfinished business for UW? 
correct. <laughs> but you, Ebo, made the suggestion of the century, mm. and you did not follow it up, which amazed me. The new person replaced the Don. You missed this whole thing. And you put the right guy in the right position. What did I say? You said that we needed to put down down the middle Johnson as the new <laughs> Don. But why? Why do we need to put him? What would be the first thing that he would do? Beer will that be served. Been, oh. If they would have an ice house contract for 20 years, oh. and we would finally get booze in the stadium. Bob, this and is if why. If could get that done in the first 24 hours before he got fired. Bob. We'd all be happy. Bob, I always say we have the smartest <laughs> listeners, and you are a case in point of why we have it. Because Charlie, who's also one of our smartest listeners, not to clump you in with him, though, Bob. But he did call in and say he wanted Barry Alvarez's job. Beer or career, he chose career for taking Barry Alvarez's job. And you are totally correct. Down the middle would be fired within like 10 minutes. But in that 10 <laughs> minutes, he would have beer sales finalized in Camp Randall. You are highly intelligent, Bob. Bring a lot of money to the the program. Our donations would have to be at last. Ticket prices would drop. <laughs> I mean, it's just a win-win-win situation. Yeah, except for the UW. Who, well, no, they make money for... I feel like Charlie would just give free reign to anyone, just open it up to anyone who wants to come to talk to him. Well, but beer Bob, sales. He would definitely need a lot of handlers. <laughs> yes, he would. You know what, though? You know what? In that position, you can afford a lot of handlers. <laughs> he'd, be falling up all, he'd be falling up all the stairs, Bob. <laughs> so I, I think it's a win-win situation. Oh. I see no downside. I, I honestly don't see a downside either. Like, Bobby, well done, man. Well done. A round of applause for this phone call. All right. Much love, brothers. <laughs> Have a good day. See you, Bobby. <laughs> he wouldn't fall up. He'd fall down. Man. Well, he'd fall upstairs. He'd fall downstairs. He'd... he'd, he'd... <laughs> Could you? I mean, Charlie. I hope this boombox is on. He's listening. He did God. call in and he said, "I want Barry Alvarez's job." He did. He multiple times. And I said to him, he "Charlie, dibs on it." He dibbed it, and I said, "Charlie, you're a shoe in for that position." <laughs> and Bob is correct. He would be fired he did, within. He did say not too long ago that he was interviewing with the UW system. Yeah, they already got his resume. He, yeah, Rowdy, you're right. He did interview with the UW system. They already got his resume. Now we gotta hire that man. We gotta start a GoFundMe, some kind of campaign to get Charlie uh, down the middle Johnson as now the new UW athletic director. Beer sales immediately I mean, granted. It's-